0: Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, I'm Jack Murley, and this week, myself and co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, look back at the WWE Draft, and if all the moving and shaking from Raw, Smackdown and NXT actually really matters. We look ahead to Crown Jewel, ask ourselves if promos can ever go too far, plus the potential for big shows coming to the UK in 2022, and how we would break up the new day. All that and more coming up right now on Earning the Push.
1: I want to be Jack. I really want to be excited by the draft, but I just don't know how long it's going to matter for. We've had this before, haven't we? They, they really, really make it matter for two months, maybe, and then... It'd be easier for them if someone could just swap brands. They just do it. I want to be. I want it to be a big like reset for WWE. I want it to be the start of new rivalries, new stories. I just don't know how much it'll matter.
0: There was a time when the draft was the most exciting point on WWE television. Two thousand two, two thousand four. I still remember that big brawl with Eddie Guerrero and Triple H when they were having the title match, and it felt like it mattered. Now, for all the moves back and forth. I don't really know if it means anything to the business and to, to either show.
1: Like I said, like you see, like they bring the stupid things in, like that wild card rule a few years ago. Like, oh, one person was like, "Well, what? What is the point here? You want to make actual rivalry between Raw and SmackDown, like like it was in those mid two thousands when there generally seemed to be a rivalry between the two brands. And you have to, you have to have the superstars having some sort of loyalty to their brand. And if they're just chopping and changing and moving across, then. Why? Why would it matter? One, of my most, one of my biggest book bears is I love Survivor Series, but I hate that it's the only time of the year that anyone seems to care whether they're on Raw or SmackDown. And as soon as Survivor Series is gone, they don't care again. Make them care all year round. Make me care about what brand someone's on.
0: For me, this is one of the things where the lack of established GMs or commissioners becomes a bit of an issue. Because if you're looking at the whole concept of a draft, well, who's picking? And why? And why do Raw want Becky and SmackDown want Charlotte? Why is it going on? And without that internal logic, the whole point of a draft, it sort of just falls down.
1: GMs are such a poison chalice, aren't they? Because when they're done well, a la William Regal in NXT, a la back in the game, like, GMs I remember growing up with were um, Teddy Long Player and Eric Bischoff. They were my GMs growing up. When done well, GMs are such an important role in, um, in storytelling, in continuity, in making it matter. But the problem is we've had so many bad authority figures in WWE for so long, haven't we, that just get it all wrong, that people don't want to see it. When done well, they're such a brilliant, brilliant storytelling device.
0: They really are. And it's a, it's a shame that this thing couldn't mean more. We should say that if Charlie's voice is sounding a little bit scratchy, a little bit like Michael Cole after No Way Out back in the day where his voice went entirely, you've had this mega cold that's going around, haven't you?
1: I have. This isn't me trying a new gimmick. This isn't me moving across to a new podcasting, but we've got to change them slightly. So we'll just give them a new voice. Yeah, I've had this cold and then I played a full game of rugby on it, which is a lot of shouting. I'm like Husky Beckett today. It's not. It's not my best sound.
0: I'd like Husky Beckett. I think <laughs> Husky Beckett is going to be a tremendous, tremendous yeah. gimmick going forward. That could be your alter ego. It's either Charlie Beckett and your equivalent of the demon is Husky Beckett, and it just kicks in. Um, Let's talk a little bit about some of the moves that have surprised me. I was shocked to see Becky Lynch making her way to Monday Night Raw. I thought that the man would be a player on SmackDown, which is now the A show. I was really surprised to see her moving to the red Monday Night brand.
1: I think from a uh, wrestling point of view, it's a surprise, but has Seth gone to Raw as well, am I right in saying? So from an actual lifestyle point the fact, they have a child and probably want to be together and then be able to go back and see their child at the same time. I could see some them asking to be put on the same show, which you know what, if they have, fair play to them because there is more to life than wrestling and some things are more important and family life is. So from a purely wrestling point of view, it's a surprise. I thought she was going to anchor that SmackDown Women's division for a while. But if you look at the bigger picture, I think it kind of makes sense.
0: It does, and also making sense in terms of storyline, if perhaps not the venue, is the build towards Crown Jewel. Riyadh, October 21st. The big matches keep coming for WWE. In addition to Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar, we've now learned that Becky Lynch will defend her SmackDown women's title against both Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Now, we shouldn't blow past the fact to have a women's triple threat title match in Saudi Arabia is a significant thing, but WWE is loading up that card.
1: Yeah, they, they always do load the card, don't they? They they get paid a lot of money to be out there. The the Saudi government, Saudi, not even government, the Saudi uh, royal family want want a great show. They want people watching. It's a chance for them to sell Saudis and it's the wider world, which isn't always the easiest thing with some of the views over there. But for all the... Bad press WWE get for going to Saudi Arabia, and we give them here as well. We have our issues with it. The one good thing you cannot argue is what they're doing for women in Saudi Arabia, and the fact that it's the time. But well, this will be the second one. It won't it after the first match, uh, the Natalia match that women have been allowed to wrestle in Saudi Arabia, been allowed to be part of a show like this, to be out there. And yes, they have to be completely covered their skin, all that stuff. That's that. That is what it is. But this is a huge step forward for. You'd like to think women in Saudi Arabia, now I'm not knowledgeable enough on the subject to know exactly what the laws are, exactly how it is, but from my uneducated view of it, this could only be a good thing for, hopefully, Saudi government, the Saudi royal family, coming somewhere near the 21st century in their views to how women should be viewed, perceived and treated. With a wrestling eye on
0: these are huge huge matches that wwe are giving away if you said to us wrestlemania this year is reigns against lesnar and then a triple threat between lynch bel-air and banks we'd go thank you very much we we will mm-hmm. take that at wrestlemania those matches could headline either night wwe are almost throwing their best at saudi arabia what's left after this for them to do where do they go
1: it's a very, very good question. I don't really know. From a purely wrestling point of view, everyone knows how excited I am for Brock versus Roman. That triple threat could steal the show. Those three are just so good, just so good. I don't know what's that left. And you have to wonder, would WWE be doing such big... They'd always do a big show out there. They always do. Would they be doing such a big show if they weren't in such big competition, how well AEW are doing at the moment? Is this... This is this a reaction of AEW aren't waiting for their big shows to give us Omega Danielson to debut Punk, to debut Adam Cole? Like, is this WWE going, well, we've got to, we've got to fight fire with fire here? Question, did I completely miss Bobby Fish going to AEW? When did that happen? I saw him announce for matches this week, and I was like, oh. Yeah, so what happened
0: was they had Sammy Guevara win the TNT Championship in a great I match saw, I saw that. Nero. Yeah. I saw that, that bit. Right, and so then they had Roads to the Top, the reality show, And to drag...
1: drag Amazingly, I didn't watch that. That doesn't shock anyone. I
0: didn't watch the reality show. And nor did I. But what they did to drag the viewers over, they said, and in the first commercial break of Roads to the Top, we'll hear from Sammy Guevara. And in that commercial break, they announced that Bobby Fish was going to be his first challenger. Not signed officially, I don't think. This may be a one and done. But that's an exciting thing that AEW can do and enjoys doing.
1: Massively, As said, and I'm a big fan of Bobby Fish. There's a man who, probably the most underrated part of Undisputed Era, I think. Obviously, um, and I'm a big fan of Bobby Fish, and he'll thrive either whether he's back on the Indies or if he signs in AEW. Obviously, he's not going to beat Sammy Guevara in that match. I'm sure we'll speak about Sammy Guevara and Miro in a bit, but that would be a great showcase for him. And yeah, I just I saw it on social media. And I was like, I've completely missed Bobby Fish signing with them, but now now it makes sense.
0: But don't you think as well that if AEW doesn't have a moment where Adam Cole, and they don't really do this, but where Adam Cole's going one way down the corridor and Bobby Fish is coming the other, I mean, they, they've got to do that, having them both on the same place,
1: same night, surely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't even think AEW are in that probably preferred position where they're, they're the smaller game in town. So they can, they can refer back to WWE and what's happened there for people because... No one is watching AEW who doesn't know about WWE, whereas WWE don't like to do it, because people might go, well, what's this AEW Someone speaking about? But they can lean into, we did this, this, and this NXT together, we did this in WWE. Because, like I said, I doubt anyone is watching AEW, and they're going, what's this Raw they're talking about?
0: <laughs> Monday Night Raw, this sounds interesting. Um, AEW, I thought, had a, had a good week. It's sort of one of those sleeper weeks for AEW. They're building towards full gear, but they're not quite in full throttle going towards that. Jungle Boy and Adam Cole, I thought, had a really good match. Danielson uh, and the Jackson brothers, uh, it was Nick, I think, on, on, on uh, Rampage had a, had a very good match. But the only things I think people are going to remember coming out of Dynamite are promos. We'll talk about maybe MJFs in a moment and when too much is too much. But Arn Anderson...
1: That promo, where would you like to start? I would love, love to start by being a fly on the wall in Tony Khan's office as it happened, Because I can't imagine that Arn said to Tony, listen, Tony, I really think to really put this point home, to really drive it home, I'm going to have to imitate having a gun. And I'll name my gun, I'll name my owner Glock. I'm going to name putting it to Cody's head. And I'm going to say the words, spilling his brain on the sidewalk. I don't think Tony can't have that conversation. Excellent arm. That's exactly what we need. What what was going on? You can't, you can't say that. You like don't like can you can't really, can you? you Why? Can't, Why not? Why? Can, can you it just seemed like you hear a lot of wrestling, oh, I'm gonna bury you in that grave and you'll die. You're like, oh, he's not really gonna do that. Gun violence is such a big, big topic in America, and so real. It's so real that arms out there just saying, "If someone tried to take my car, I'd just get my gun out and murder them." And you know the worrying thing? I believed every word. He just would, wouldn't he? I just think, oh, I just, I just don't know. It didn't sit
0: particularly well with me. I, I think it went from naught to about not even a hundred, naught to about a thousand in the space of two sentences. And the the thing that I thought at the end, which shows how poor old Cody is struggling with the AW audience as a face at the moment, is Arn Anderson essentially points his fingers at Cody's forehead and prepares to put, pretends to pull the trigger, and everyone goes, "Hey, go on, hey, Blow his on brains on. out." Yeah,
1: um, rip, un un, but heck of a promo, oh. heck of a promo. I was standing and you want to make memories. He's done that. Interesting that I thought they'd turn Cody heel by having him attack Arn. That's yes. what I thought they'd do. And they've had Arn abandon Cody. Are they going to do a Cody's Hip Rock bomb story? Is that where I they're do. going with this? Because that, that won't work, lads. No one's going to feel, no feel sorry for the millionaire who runs the company and is married to Brandy Rhodes, has two really cool dogs. Just had a kid, got a reality show. is stupidly, horribly good-looking and really good at wrestling. I'm going to struggle to have sympathy for that fella.
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking that. And as I looked at the booking for this match, I think it was Matt Seidel and Dante Martin against Cody and Lee Johnson. Well, they're up against a babyface team. And I thought, well, this is rife for a Cody turn because all the, all the bits are there. And let's not blow past Dante Martin and what he can do in the ring they're not going to work by having Arn Anderson turn on Cody. You're absolutely right. No one wants to boo Arn Anderson, particularly no. after he fell off the ring apron, as happens in live TV, and then gets back up for the spot as well at Grand Slam, which we didn't really talk about last week.
1: The spot was him falling off the apron, so why did he get back up? The spot was him falling off. Like, I'm not a wrestler. I know, I was like that, but if I, I know the spot wasn't being bumped up. If I'd fallen off, I'd probably be like, oh, I'm going to sell this as the reason Cody has to get out. And I reckon Cody would go, he's been around long enough to go, oh, Arn's fallen, but we're selling this, is it? It was just, it was, oh, it was, it was not good, was it? Um, as good as Dante Martin is, I was massively impressed with Lee Johnson as well. I haven't seen yeah. enough of him wrestle, and he was really good. Also, you said to me on text this week, Dante Martin's 20, and it makes you sick. It makes I- you sick to your stomach
0: it's that moment where he just climbs up not he doesn't even he sort of springs to the top rope and then planches his way to the outside in one fluid motion and how good could he be he's one example of brilliant young talent in AEW the other amongst many MJF now his promo with Darby Allin when is too much too much in promos because in successive programs we've seen MJF talk about Brian Pillman Jr.'s dead mother, and now we're having MJF talking about Darby Allen's dead uncle. Both legitimate, real-life things that happened.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because it, we, we often complain about heels not being true heels and not really saying the things that are going to upset people and going to anger the crowd. But also, that can't be easy for these people to hear. Like You've got the only thing you can hope is that that has been completely run by Darby Allen, um, Brian Pimble Jr. These people have signed off on this and been like, yes, I'm happy to do it, because if he's doing that without running it by them first, if that has not been checked, I think that's too far for me. I think that would, if I was Darby or Brian Pimble Jr., I'd be like, that's, that's my real life. That isn't, that isn't me wrestling, that isn't my profession, that is my mm-hmm. real life. And I don't appreciate that being brought into this I think as soon as you cross that line, both parties have to be happy with it. So we're not privy to that information. I just hope that's the way it's gone. But his job is to make us feel uncomfortable. His job is to make us hate him, to think he's a toe rag in the best possible sense. He's doing that. I just hope it's not at the expense of other people's genuine feelings and, yeah, that sort of stuff.
0: I can't believe they don't know. Can I just say kudos on bringing back toe rag as an insult? I mean, I haven't well, heard that since frigid all my, at school. All my,
1: oh, frigid at school, Jesus. Um, All my, all my insults aren't especially okay for PG, PG um, broadcasting. <laughs> so I had to think on the spot. I think, put it this way, I don't go on a rugby pitch and call people toe rags. That, that isn't what comes out of my mouth. You there, you toe rag. Um, You're you
0: right about, uh, about drawing heat. I just wonder whether if I was in the arena and I was hearing that, whether I would hate MJF or whether it would just take me out of the moment because it it, it is real life. Speaking of being in arenas, the other huge news this week, broken by Alex McCarthy of TalkSport and other outlets as well, the potential, and we get this a lot, but this seems to be more solid, that WWE could finally be bringing a big pay-per-view to the UK and this seems to just have a little bit more heft to it than previous reports
1: well it's obviously in response to the scoop that this podcast got <laughs> uh, broken by Jack Murley the AW are coming to Craven Cottage and obviously Vince listens and he's gone oh god we best go as well then and um, it does seem a little bit different this time doesn't it I think it does seem like we are getting one which is brilliant I know fantasy bookings later but if you could choose which pay-per-view and where to have it in the uk what would you want well
0: answer me this because I, I can't i honestly can't remember and i've been there and i should know does twickenham have a roof no it does not okay right well how, I mean, how can you not remember if twickenham has a roof because everything's getting roofs these days i don't remember i haven't commentated at twickenham since about 2013 so i think you need It has to be a stadium, right? So Wembley Arena, that type of thing. That's great. Take it out. And if you're going to do a big pay-per-view in the UK, I think you need to be somewhere with a roof, which pretty much leaves you with the Millennium Stadium, right? Unless I'm missing anything. That's where it it has to be.
1: It does. You go to the Millennium Stadium, and there is nothing wrong with that because there is nothing quite like the atmosphere when the roof's closed at Millennium. It's brilliant. And Cardiff's a great city. Cardiff's a brilliant city for a night out after as well. The Millennium Stadium would make sense. I could see them going to Tottenham's new stadium. Yes. but got the Spurs. There's no, the Spurs. There's no roof there is the only thing. But yep. it's, I haven't been, but everyone who goes says it's a amazing stadium and there's a reason the NFL go there now. And WWE know how to deal with bad weather. They know how to do it. They've done it many times. Yeah, it's got to be one of the huge stadiums. I could see them, it's the 30th anniversary of SummerSlam at Wembley. They could go back to Wembley and do SummerSlam there again in 2022. That would make sense. But, yeah, if you were asking me, I take it to to the Millennium Stadium or Anfield. I was going to say. Let's go Anfield. Here's a thought. Do you do it,
0: and this is devil's advocate, you know you'll be able to sell out a stadium. Is it better to not do it in a stadium for those acoustics that we spoke about when we were fantasy booking WrestleMania? Is it better? Because you'll never have a more hot crowd in the UK than for a a big WWE pay-per-view because it's been so long. Is it better to actually take the O2 and say, look, sure, we're not making as much money on it as we can, but the atmosphere is going to be like nothing else?
1: I completely see that. And that's why I'd take it at Millennium Stadium, because you get the best of both, I think. You close that roof, you get 90,000 people in there. You've seen it when AJ's fought there and had the roof closed. And yeah. The atmosphere in there when he fights there. There's a reason he likes fighting there most when he's okay, because the atmosphere in there is just amazing. Yeah, I think... Millennium stage and makes sense for so many reasons and I think if I was Vince that's where I'd be taking it
0: and do you take any event if you're w- if you're WWE fans in the UK do you say it doesn't even matter if they call it I don't know uh, Crown Jewel 2 or, 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 or does it have to be because we're such needy fans do we not only want a pay-per-view but we want a proper pay-per-view we don't want our own little thing it has to be a proper established one
1: yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I don't think we'd be happy getting a Crown Jewel, a Greatest Royal Rumble or a Super Showdown because go, there's no history to them and we're British and we love history. I think I'd give us a proper one. But the thing is, I wouldn't give us one of the big four because the big four are the big four. I'd give us something like a No Mercy or a Payback or something like that because suddenly you're going to make it a big five that year because it's going to get the same feeling. I'd stack the card. You can get yourself another huge pay-per-view easily.
0: That's really good thinking because then you could travel it. You could say, right, let's say payback is always our international pay-per-view and you could take it to Australia, New Zealand, take it to Russia, wherever you may want to go, and then that builds you. Because if we think money in the bank is almost not quite a a fifth big four pay-per-view, if that isn't a
1: tautology to say, you could get another one out of it. I think that's what I do because you're going to get the atmosphere, you're going to get the crowd, stack the cards, give yourself another huge pay-per-view. Make it cause that's you've got to make it so that people that the, your main fan base in America wanna watch it as well. So that, that's what I do. And I'll be there. I don't care what's going on, I'll be there. I will I will miss a game of rugby to be I won't. I won't. That's the one thing that would stop me is if I was playing and I'd be so angry so angry if i couldn't go
0: yeah. let me jump in here to say that if you enjoy this show why not get involved you can get in touch each and every week by messaging at charlie underscore beckett or at jack underscore Merley. and don't forget to tell a mate who also loves wrestling about us go on spread the word about what we do on the show right let's do some fantasy booking now we'll get into some of the listener ones next week and yours as well um People not massively happy, now I'm going to spread the blame to you, Charlie, about mm-hmm. your mandate that we have to break up the New Day. Uh, Dark Angel, who's a wrestler we both know from the Channel Islands, said just,
1: no, not doing it. No no explanation, no even, just no, I'm not doing it, lads. And you know what, fair play to him.
0: Well, no, not fair play, because the whole Sorry, concept... Fair play,
1: for... fair play for standing by is, is beliefs, but boo, Dark Angel, have some fun and book it with us.
0: Okay, so here's here's my one. Charlie's next week, some of your ones next week as well. Um, and I, what I've tried to do here is I've tried to think how you could do it differently and try to think how you would do this in a way that people weren't going to expect. So I'm not going to have a triple threat straight away. That's point one. I'm not going to tease this breakup at any point. It's just going to happen. And I still want this to be a top-level feud. Because if you tease it, fans won't want it. If you spend six weeks teasing dissension in the New Day, they're going to turn against it because the New Day is so loved. People don't want to see that.
1: I think, um, I think that was so evident. Sorry to interrupt. No. When, when the Shield broke up, that wasn't teased at all, was it? That, was, that hit so hard because you didn't see that coming at that point. They'd just be evolution. And it was a shock factor. If you tease it, the shock goes. I think this needs to be a shock, doesn't it?
0: And in this era of social media and vocal, uh, WWE would say defiant fans, defiant fans who tell us what uh, we want, people wouldn't want it. So if you're going to do it, you have to shock people with it. If you're not doing it as a top level feud, what's the point? And if it's a triple threat, it means one of them sort of has to be a tweener. So that helps no one. So those are sort of my three things I've kept in mind. And here's how I do it. And I'm gonna take you to a certain point and then you can book on for yourself because we're just doing the breakup. So in my mind, we're heading into the Royal Rumble and all three New Day members are entered into the Rumble. And at this point, they're all babyfaces. None of them have a title, but they're all top tier sort of stars. They've been built so they're that upper mid card. Kofi and obviously Big E have had WWE title reigns. Uh, Xavier is who he is, such a legend. Um, So they're all at that elite level. And going into it, there's some friendly banter about who's going to win, but nothing to indicate a turn is coming. This is just New Day being New Day. And we start with Big E coming out as number one in the Rumble, and he dominates it. He's really the guy, throwing people out left, right, and center, opening the match. And then by the time we get to number 10, Big E comes off the ropes and falls and tweaks his left knee. And his left knee buckles underneath him. And this is a worked injury. We don't want him to be injured in real life, but we want the audience to believe that Big E is actually injured. And Big E has to duck out of the Royal Rumble match. He just can't carry on. And the announcers are playing up. This is a real shame for Big E. This is a means to an end. What we need to do is get Big E out of the scene for what's coming up later. So we're working an injury and moving him on his way. And the Rumble match continues. And then Kofi Kingston comes in at around number 18. So we've had Big E. We've got Kofi in there now. And Kofi is doing his usual Kofi Kingston stuff in the ring before he gets thrown over the top ropes to the outside where he lands on something or someone that stops him being eliminated and the crowd cheers and kofi's laughing and we're getting kofi kingston trying to figure out how he's going to get back into the ring and he thinks i'm going to do the handstand walk back in so up he goes doing his handstand walk the crowd are cheering and then bang someone missile drop kicks him baseball style smack in the face and absolutely upends him And WWE's camera work is such that you have no clue who's done this to him at first. This is a really obscure example. At SummerSlam 2003, Eric Bischoff and Shane McMahon were having a street fight and Shane gets hit in the back and it zooms out. And of all the people, it's Jonathan Coachman who is there with the chair. And everyone was shocked. Now that's the sort of camera work we need by WWE. You can't work out who's done this to Kofi (laughs) But when the camera zooms out, it's Xavier Woods. And Xavier just destroys Kofi at ringside. I mean, he bloodies him up good. No Big E, remember, because Big E's already injured. And Xavier is just killing Kofi. And when he's done destroying Kofi, he just leaves. He doesn't even enter the rumble. Xavier's job that night is to destroy Kofi Kingston. So the next night on Raw... We get told that Kofi is going to be out of action for six months because of Xavier's action, but that Big E is on Raw, bag, bad wheel and all, bad leg and all, and he's demanding answers. And this is the main event. Big E wants answers. And through Raw, they're playing segments, showing the history of the New Day. And by the time we get to the main event, Big E is so ramped up He's got security just literally stopping Big E from doing anything stupid. And he's calling Woods out. Tell me, Woods, tell me why you owe me this. And Xavier Woods walks out to no music, walks silently into the ring, looks at Big E, who is pacing and frothing. I mean, Big E is gone at this point. And Xavier's mouthing at Big E, make them stand aside about the security. So Big E calms himself down. The security stand aside and Xavier and Big E stand face to face and Big E is shaking with emotion and Xavier looks at him, takes a mic, looks Big E in the eyes and says simply, I owe you nothing. And as Big E prepares to go off on one, Xavier leathers Big E in the knee with a kick and Big E drops like he's been shot. And then Xavier rolls up his trouser leg and pulls out a large bit of brass, otherwise known as a bit of Francesca. And he holds that high in the air. And now Big E's out of the equation as well. So we've got a clear heel, that's Xavier Woods, in his own right, this dark, broody heel who never explains why he turns on his partners. He is night and day. He just wants to win the WWE title. And wouldn't you know it, Money in the Bank is back at WrestleMania as an event xavier's entered in it and just as xavier's about to grab the briefcase who comes out after two months away but biggie back from injury to stop it and start a feud with xavier woods and after three months that gets us through that feud out comes kofi to face xavier woods at summerslam and then after all of that you can finally do a triple threat if you want so that's how i would book it one member clearly a heel keeping the two others babyface, you hold off on the triple threat until the characters are defined enough to make money off it. You keep the fans waiting and waiting. And Xavier never explains why he did it. And that more than anything drives the other two nuts.
1: Drive me nuts as well. I wanna know. I wanna know. Um oh I like that. I like that a lot. The little bit of the Francesca in his as a shim pad. I'm a big fan of um I'm gonna tell you one thing on mine next week. I think the only way to do it is with Xavier turning. and That's the only way. That's how I'll be doing it next week. I'll do it a different way, but it's got to be him. It's got to be him, I think. I think a lot of people thought we'd Big E for a long time. But it. It's got to be Woods. I think he's just... I I just think he's so criminally underrated, Xavier Woods. And maybe that's something i lean into in my booking. Who knows? Ooh, mystery. Um, but no, that was very, very, very good. I'd like to see that. I think you're so right as on the triple threat. Go straight to triple threat, I don't think makes sense. Because why did the... What, what would happen for them all to hate each other? Why would all three hate each other? That's, I think that gets very complicated. I think with this, it's got to be very simple and easy to follow.
0: And I you've think. got to clear the way. If, if yeah. you're going to turn, and I agree, because who hates Kofi Kingston? How, how can you hate that guy? And how can you hate Big E? And, and they're all as talented as, as each other. But wouldn't you love to sit down with Xavier and say, change it all up? What, what mm. can you do, given how creative he is on his Twitch and his social channels, what would you do, Xavier, to be completely yeah. different?
1: Yeah, he's, he's, he's the one, I think. Um, but no, that was very, very, very good. And also, he's underrated with how good a wrestler he is. Those matches would be exceptional. They would yeah. be exceptional. And you could lean into, with the hatred, some gimmick matches. That made sense. You know, you, if you listen to him talk on a hop down, down, ever, all he ever wanted to do was have a Hell in a Cell match. That's why when they... um when they faced the Usos, he went in because all he's ever wanted to do is have a Hell in a Cell match. He's got so many ideas for things he can do with these gimmick matches. I think that as much as I don't want to see this ever, there's so much money to be made on it and so many great stories to be told. It's, I, I would love to know how many times WWE have genuinely considered it.
0: How, have you ever had, a, had an, a moment where a faction broke up and you were ready for it? Because, like, like a proper one you're invested in. Because I think... We're all saying we never want to see it happen. And as I was booking this, I was thinking, has there ever been a faction I was really invested in where I wanted them to call time on it? And isn't that the joy of a faction, that they have to go when you want them
1: to stay? I was ready for Batista to break out of evolution when he did. In 2005, I was ready for that. When he had the SmackDown and Raw contracts and just a thumbs down, I remember watching that and just thinking it was the the best, the absolute best. So I was definitely ready for that. That's the one big one I can remember being like, Yes, this, and more so Batista than Randy Orton. I wasn't, Randy Orton was never for me. And that, that, he wasn't the one I wanted to see be breakout star. And they already did that because they wanted to take Brock's youngest WWE yeah. championship, right? off him, didn't they? So that's why Randy Orton broke out. Batista was always the one in that I wanted to see. And yeah, I was ready for that. What about you?
0: I love that booking. Um, I, do you know what? That's a really good example because that booking took forever, didn't it? I think it started before the Survivor series. And then there were little moments and little moments. And I can still remember this nuance from that elimination chamber where it was Triple H, Randy Orton and Batista in the chamber. And there was a moment where Batista could have stood up to save someone and then sat back there. And it was just little moments like that was fantastic. Yet, you know what? I think that's a really good shout, but I wasn't ready for the Shield to break up. I, I didn't want that to happen. I never liked it when Matt Hardy turned on Jeff Hardy. I, I just think, I think it comes back to there being an underrated thing in wwe of actually the benefits of a really good stable faction where it doesn't always end in tears that there's some merit to mates who stay together and just don't break up and i think that's why the new day is so beloved because there hasn't been anything like this for a long time i just wasn't
1: ready for retribution to uh break up i think there was so <laughs> much there's so much potential retribution slapjack and Mates just wanted to see them go on and on
0: Yeah. Well, look, we'll do more of these next week. Uh, As always, you know the ways to get in touch. Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley. How um, far down the road are you with yours?
1: Fairly. I know pretty much what I want to do. I've just got to dot some I's and cross some T's. Do you know modern
0: life is so, so complicated and one way to take some of the stress out of it is by subscribing to your favourite shows, shows like this one. If you love wrestling and want to hear our thoughts on WWE, AEW and the grappling world as a whole, remember to subscribe wherever you're listening to us today. While you're doing that, rate and review and don't forget to tell a mate about what we do here on social media. Let's send something back to developmental and give something a push from everyday life. Uh, I wonder whether you and I are going to have some of the same ones this week. Would you like to go first or second?
1: I will go first, because I doubt you have the same as me this week. Mine are connected. I think you thought I was going to send my cold back to developmental. I'm not. It just happens. It's a cold. Let's get over it. You're gonna moan about it. We just get on with it.
0: You've really thrown me under the bus here. I'm gonna
1: to have to yeah. find something else on the fly. Having, Husky Beckett doesn't like you, apparently. That's what we've learned today. Early the push for me is Ikea, the shop. I think it's brilliant.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, first Wet. first okay. of all.
1: So we've just we've just moved house. So I've been IKEA this week. Uh, their meatballs and mashed potato, excellent.
0: Are they a sponsor? Have we got them
1: as a sponsor? We yes, in? Yeah, I, I sorted that out this week. Well um, such a cleverly laid out shop. Like you think you're walking around it, but I'd love to see a bird's eye view of it because you just keep going back to brilliant, brilliant, love Ikea. Back to developmental, though, is Ikea Furniture, flat pack. So the shop I love, but oh, my God, building their furniture has been the bane of my existence this week. I was building a shoe rack yesterday. Well, it's not a shoe rack. It's a TV stand that we thought was a shoe rack, and we bought it a shoe rack, and we'll be using it as a shoe rack. It was all going fine, and then I had these screws. And I saw where they went in there was no holes in the wood. I was just like, oh yeah, you just have to screw them into the wood yourself. Why is there not a hole? Make my life easier, Ikea. Are you,
0: and this maybe uh, is a difference between you and me, I'm a fairly slapdash builder. So if I put the Ikea furniture together and it seems to be holding, it doesn't matter to me if there's a plane of wood that hasn't gone in or a couple of screws or some bits. If it's, if it's there and it seems to be together, I just throw the other stuff in the bin. I don't need it.
1: I wouldn't. There's
0: a leak of bus. But, but it's there, Charlie. Look, um, you can't see it's anything clearly, It's clearly not right there if you've got bits missing. Why? It's doing the job. I it built is. a table once and I had a whole <laughs> plane of wood and, and I don't know where it was meant to go. For this day, I still don't know where it was meant to go. I couldn't work out from the instructions. Just binned it. It's fine. I'm not a big fan of IKEA at all. And I'll tell you why. Everyone goes on about IKEA. And you get to a certain age and go, oh, let's do a trip to Ikea. Oh, let's go to, a- oh, we can get the meatballs or oh, we can go and walk around. They, they have Ikea and, you know, I have their products. God love them. I think they do great work and I, this, I don't want a lawsuit out of this. But they've cornered the market in getting us to do all the work. You transport it yourself. You build it yourself. You... I went to Ikea once and being a rural Cornish boy, I didn't understand how it worked. So I said, oh, that chair's very nice. Some will have one of those chairs. No, no, no. This is just the viewing part. Then you have to go to a warehouse and find a number and load it on yourself.
1: Why? Why do I have to do that? Because that's how it works. That's Why? how it works. But Why? If, you don't, if you don't want to do that, don't go to Ikea. Go somewhere else. Go to a place where they'll do all for You go to John Lewis, but you'll pay more. You'll pay more for that service.
0: Well, never knowingly undersold. I, look, it's just I once tried to dodge an ikea trip coming back from somewhere they were all uh, my boyfriend was like um, oh let's go to ikea and i thought i'll be clever here i said oh we've got a long day i tell you what if we go there for sort of three o'clock we can get a couple of hours in there i didn't know they stayed open till eight so we were there till about 755 eating lingonberries and cinnamon rolls and looking at bits of furniture called like Schmurdegund and fludar and what they are, I don't know. And then we go to get the stuff, and, oh, no, that's not the fludar you've picked up, Jack. That's a shuntervig, and that's completely... De- it was just, they must be stoned when they're doing this.
1: <laughs> must be stoned, um, or or Scandinavian is the other option. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my, um, it's my little Englander. It's yes, not in
1: proper English. Yes, my, um, my shoe rack that's actually a TV stand, but it's a shoe rack. It's called a flombada. Flombada. Fjombra, something like that. It's it starts with FJNOB, so Fjombra. You That's like this again. just
0: because of your sort of Lord of the Rings, Game oh. of Thrones type stuff. It's like going through Little Earth, Middle Earth, Little Earth, Middle Earth, I... Middle
1: Earth, Middle Earth. You almost got there. You almost got there. Almost. We're so we're so different. So different. Uh,
0: well, we are because I am sending back to developmental colds because. Fair. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be like you all roughy toughy oh, it's fine, I'm just going to get through it. This coal that's going around is an absolute stinker. It's horrible. It's absolutely miserable, so I'm sending that back to developmental. I'm putting two things in the push today. the first, Paul Whitehouse and Bob Mortimer go fishing.
1: Yes. Have you oh, seen it?: Yes, underway away. And Underway uh, If you haven't listened to it, I don't know if you ever listened to the off-menu menu podcast with James A. Ed Gamble, Very a joke. Yes, hilarious. Have you listened to Bob Mortimer's episode? No. Oh, it's exceptional. Go and if you've got a spare hour at some point, listen to it. It is, he's just a genius at being. If anyone else said the things Bob Mortimer said, they would not be funny. But Bob Mortimer says them, and you can't stop laughing.
0: Yeah. Uh, if, If you don't know what the show is, Uh, Paul Whitehouse and Bob Mortimer both had heart issues Bob Mortimer's was very serious he got a bit down in the dumps Paul Whitehouse said come fishing with me and then they each week go fishing I am a vegetarian I don't eat fish I love this show it is the most beautiful sweet funny show that is such a good advert for Britain in tourism as well I want to go to every place they go to So I'm giving that
1: a push. My, um, g- my, my dad has made, sorry, my dad has made scrambled eggs the same way for as long as I can remember. He doesn't anymore because Bob Borsman told Paul Whitehouse how to make scrambled eggs and now he does it that way.
0: Well, it's got to it's got reach beyond even their wildest dreams. And I'm also giving a push to putting the heating on. To putting mm. the heating on. It's nice, in it? Nice being able to do that.
1: Yeah, but I'm a put put another hoodie on, man. Or I'm even a, now? Yeah, just put... Put some Tracy Walmart with a hoodie on. It's not that cold. No, I'm putting the heat. In, and,
0: and the best thing about putting the heating on is that smell of burning dust when you put oh, it on for the. F- God. Oh, God. You're a psychopath. No, that first time you put the heating on after the summer and you get that lovely smell, I think it's burning dust. And it's just lovely. It's that all the heating's back on for the first time in ages. Oh,
1: God. I worry you, about you sometimes. You don't
0: know the smell I mean. You know the smell no, I mean.
1: No, no, I don't. What are the- you on
0: about? The smell of putting the radiators on for the first time because they've said, no, it's, this isn't just a me
1: thing. This is- I a, think it might be, I think it might be, mate. I tell you what, on the cold, from, though, I tell you what I can't stand at the moment is, you have a cold now, everyone's like, oh God, it's COVID, it's COVID. No, I may, I've done my COVID test, I've done my PCR, I've done my PCR, they're both negative. I did the responsible things. Don't tell me it's COVID I no, it's not. I've got a cold. Because you know what, guys? Amazingly, in this new post-COVID world, colds are still a thing. We're yeah. still going to get the common cold, and
0: you know what? It's it's a stinker. This one going round. Yeah. It is not. It is if you've got well, it, it is no joke.
1: Well, we, we haven't been outside for eighteen months. Have we? All our immune systems have gone. We haven't done this for a while. What I love
0: is the fact that when I had my cold, and I work from home at a desk job, I still had to take the afternoon off and just sit under the bed. And not under the bed, I sat on the bed. When, when... <laughs> you know what? They're all learning learned about you <laughs> was you do sit <laughs> under the bed. And when you have your cold, you think, ah. Oh. Might as well knock out some championship rugby. How bad can it be? I'll just, I'll just play a game of rugby, and and what's the worst that can happen?
1: I, I almost lost my voice in this podcast. I always had to go uh, single-handed on the podcast this week. Well, look, with that
0: in mind, we will look to wrap this up. Next week, we're doing your fantasy booking of the New Day breaking up. Uh, Some of the ones that you've been sending in as well. Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Merley is the way to do it. Rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your pods from as well. Uh, Are we going to see Hangman Adam Page make his return to Dynamite for the second anniversary edition this Wednesday in that really exciting looking uh, ladder match?
1: Yes. yes yes we are yes we are yes i'd like adam yes. page in everything. i know you like adam page yes <laughs> you do you do i know you do
0: <laughs> on that note we'll wrap this up thank you very much for listening on behalf of charlie and myself uh we'll see you next week for another earning the push goodbye